transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening. Today's episode number 99, Water Pistol Police. That's right, Water Pistol Police. Apparently, the top executives of the NYPD and city officials of the city of New York have decided to create an underwater police department and the citizens of New York have signed up eagerly to allow the officers to fulfill their dreams. So the question that we will raise on episode number 99, where is this coming from? And where is the NYPD leadership? Let's not go too far up the top because you could get a nosebleed. Let's go to layer number one, the sergeant, and we'll proceed going upwards. There's something very sinister going on, and we need to take a look at it. Let's hit the leadership quote of the week. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. How do you get in contact with Raider Cop Nation? Well, it's easy. You just type in RaiderCopNation.com. And as always, like we say every week, the icons as you scroll down will pop up and you can follow us on different social media platforms. We always welcome interacting, and and um, it makes the podcast a little bit more real when um, we know that there are people that want specific issues out there dealt with. Uh, our podcast is going up. The numbers are going up. I'm, uh, we're liking what we're seeing. We're going to start going into two segments, which is our Wise Guy segment. There's a big, big like on that. So we're going to be introducing, as we said, in uh, the rest of the month of August, uh, we're going to have the Tampa Mob and two segments on the Cuban Mafia. And then, uh, as we spoke about before in the last podcast, the month of September brings back our superhero co-hosts that have had this summer off relaxing in uh, paradises that they have respectfully making all kinds of plans, a lot of good news over in the superhero co-world, co-host world. And um, so, of course, we'll let you, we'll let them share that with you when they come back. We will bring them on one at a time. We have shows lined up for them, September, October, November, and so forth. So it's, as always, um, for us, it is challenging to bring out this content when you have a specific subject and then you turn on the news and all hell has broken loose and you want to get in there. But then I realized there's so many professionals out there. Just turn on CNN and MSNBC and uh, all these other phony channels. And they're out there. They're, all those anchor people are experts in police matters, shooting, weaponry tactical approach uh, I, I would 
it would behoove me just to stay away from talent like that on CNN. But I do want to get into the conversation. So I'm not going to interrupt uh, what, what I have said already. But we do have uh, episode number 102's uh, Never Forget series. And we decided that we're going to have that series. It's going to be a Never Forget series, but not only about law enforcement. It's also going to f- reflect on these victims that are dying at the hands of these lunatics with guns. And the show will be broken up, episode 102, into two segments. The victims themselves, the Never Forget um, movement, and, of course, uh, how and why are these things happening and how we could prepare ourselves better for that event. And hopefully, God willing, it never knocks on our personal door. But it is going to knock on some people's doors. So we got to keep that in mind. All right. Let's roll out the clowns. Let's get everything ready. Hold on. Wait a minute. I got to see if the water guns are ready. Well, they must be brewing. All right. Let's start the clowns. like many out there in the world, have seen the spectacle of dumping on police officers buckets of water, attacking them at will with water guns, several scenes where officers are on patrol, and they're kind of begging the crowd, oh, come on, come on, don't do that. My friends, it is quite a nightmare as to what is occurring within the structure of the NYPD. Now, when you look at the first initial um, recording of this, and I'll post it on the show notes, you see the two officers that nowadays I have no idea what rookies means, and they are basically walking away from some type of scene that they were on, and the crowd feels like, it's okay, i just go over there and uh, dump water on them. They dump a bunch of water all over them. They uh, spray them with water guns. And you say to yourself, why is this happening? This just uh, August 1st, The New York City Police Commissioner O'Neill, he sets out a video on Twitter where he puts tough guy who confronted two NYPD traffic enforcement agents doing job taxpayers want and expect them to do has been arrested. Brooklyn resident Stephen 
La Rosa, 35, is charged with harassment and obstruction governmental administration, which is a baloney charge. Such behavior will never be tolerated. What did he do? He squirted water on them. It's a new, it's a new fad, people. It's the disrespect of law enforcement. And there is a huge vacuum of leadership that is not closing the gap. Now, this administration, uh, governmental administration job, and speaking to some of the law enforcement officials up there, basically they say it's a BS charge that most of the time uh, gets uh, thrown down to credit time serve and out you go. So it really doesn't mean anything, but it looks fancy. It looks great in the media, though, in the press and the newspapers. It looks awesome. There's no teeth in this. Now, the act itself is disturbing. But that these governmental officials, these city officials, these law enforcement officials are having difficulty finding a statute that fits this lunacy is even more damning. And I also believe that the leadership of New York City is trying to demonstrate a chaotic city where citizens have the right to disrespect officers. There's a more sinister thing at play here. But I want to talk about specifically the acts that were committed with the water guns and so forth. What is mostly disturbing to me is how the officers just walked away. They didn't even make an attempt to turn and maybe chase the guy halfway down the block. There was just complete surrender. It was in his body language. It was in their shoulders, head down. They were just humiliated beyond belief. They tried to duck into a neighborhood bodega, and they told him, now nah, get lost, get out of here before they squirt word on you in my place. It was despicable. And, but the act of them not doing anything and being pretty much new officers tells me that they were following instructions. The question is, what instructions were they and who gave them? But there had to be some type of instruction about putting your hands in your pocket and don't do nothing. It is disturbing because there's not an investigation as to what specifically occurred. It's disturbing because there's not a departmental lynching of the supervisor that was in charge of this circus. It's disturbing because there's a watch commander that apparently they had their hands in their pocket too because they didn't send any reinforcements to get more buckets of water thrown on them. It's disturbing because there's a commanding officer of the precinct that all of a sudden, I believe, is uh, mute, death, and, can't, and, and doesn't know what's going on either. And we go all the way up the chain. Now, usually these things happen because they come from the top down. Now, I've heard things such as, well, you know, you got to look at the big picture. Let's say you've got 15 years invested in. You got five years to go before you retire. And, you know, they don't, the city doesn't have your back. The administration doesn't have your back. 
and they will crucify you at any point in your career, and you're not going to lose all the hard work that you've done in 15 years. So the method is put your hands in your pocket and don't do nothing. When an agency gets like to that level, and I've seen it before, the morale, my friends, is at the floor. Nobody knows who the hell's in charge, and nobody wants to be in charge, which is even more alarming. So morale has got to be on the floor. Recently, I was um, shown some things on Facebook of a tardy kind of uh, thing that was going on. And uh, I guess they were late for their post assignments, whatever they were, and how they were... uh, given verbal type of counselings. And uh, this isn't specifically for NYPD. This is another agency. The point I'm getting at is that this isn't just one agency. This is a, uh, a thing that's a phenomenon that's happening around the country. There was and there is a huge vacuum. And I want to go back to, and I don't know if I can say this without being booed, But there was a president that we had. His name was Ronald Wilson Reagan. And during his era of presidency, eight years, he had something that the Democrats used to call as voodoo economics. Well, the voodoo economics produced a whole lot of money, to governments especially. And they started to do mass hiring of law enforcement officers. The 80s produced the probably one of the largest recruitments in many agencies' history. Now, of course, if I bring you in on a specific date, you most likely have a specific exit date as well. Where a lot of these agencies fell short is they did not project the huge amount of people that would start to leave because they did their time of service. And now the people that are replacing them, guess what? You're not going to believe this. They weren't cut with the same fabric as the ones that are leaving. These are a little bit more millennial, more computer savvy, more, I know how to play Xbox, more, I used to work at the local grocery store. Not like the ones of, let's say, my area, where you dreamed about being an officer carrying a nightstick and enforcing the law. There's a little change in that personality. Not a whole lot, but there is. There's a little change in racial makeup. I know the Democrats, they love to talk about racial things, so I thought I'd bring it up. So percentage-wise, in a lot of agencies, if you go back 30 years, you'll see that there was a larger white male percentage. Today, less white males that have been replaced by females, all colors, all shapes, by the way, and other segments of the community, such as Hispanics, blacks, Asian, Hindu, all types. I could be here all day. 
So they have come in on the law enforcement end as well. Some of them uh, didn't really might have kind of understood what law enforcement was all about. Uh, but uh, during, let's say, an era in our past administration, over 92 million people were put on the couch with no jobs. So they were stuck and they needed a place to go. And guess what? Those voodoo economic error, when they were hiring all those people, they're leaving now. And I really don't want to do this law enforcement gig, but I think it may pay the mortgage. So they hopped on board and there they are. Now, am I talking about the entire rookie community in law enforcement? No. Of course not, but a large segment of it. I remember uh, when I was an instructor at the academy, there was a defensive, inst- defensive tactics instructor that was highly qualified, and he said the difference of law enforcement old and new is that the old law enforcement officers would use the principal weapon that was allotted to them, and that is their hands. Where the new ones now are given all these secondary weapons and they don't know how to put hands on people because a lot of them have not come from the military. A lot of them have come out of their mother's basements or from the shopping center. And they don't know really the fundamentals of fighting So when they get into one of those situations, they'll go for the taser, the asp, the billy club, whatever, the PR-24, whatever is at their disposal, but not their hands. So we've become a softer type of law enforcement officer on patrol. Am I talking about everybody? Because I know there's a bunch of them out there getting upset now. Their blood pressure is starting to go up. I might get even pulled over for a traffic offense if I keep this up. But a lot of them are also saying, you know, you're absolutely right. Times have changed. In my era, if you got a little smart mouth and they pulled you over for a traffic offense and you talked about, I'm from another, I'm a citizen of the world and I don't have to give you my driver's license. Well, all of a sudden you would hear a smash of the window and Next thing you would know that the driver was being pulled out of the car through that broken window. It was pretty much standard operational procedure. Not condoning it, so we can't have our left friends saying, Alpha Mike is condoning violence, we need to get him. I'm saying it happened. I'm not saying it's happening. Today, citizens are armed to the teeth with iPhones, Samsung, and Motorola's or anything else that's out there on the Android and iOS platforms where they can record you and you can be the next superstar on YouTube. So with that type of armament against cops, taking people outside the windows of their cars is a no-no nowadays. But there was a different respect Today, we see these officers getting dumped on. 
their commissioner of the New York City Police Department absent during this time. He finally, after several days, gives an, a, an exclusive to one of the channels, I think it's CBS or something in New York, and kind of talks around about and kind of blames the officers and says, well, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, in other words, let me distance myself from the stupidity. But the buck stops at the top, my friends. And when you go around saying, in my day, in my day, in my day, and you can't show anything about your day, that's a sad testimony. Leadership starts from the front of the line, not from the back of the line. And these gentlemen that were seen on this video disgracefully walk, walking away, they would have to live this down in their career. Do you understand this? For the next 10, 15 years of their career, cops will have jokes about them and water, calling them under the Underwater Recovery Task, task Force and Flipper and all this other stuff. These jokes are going to happen. Nicknames will be born because of this event. Their reputations are not the best today. A lot of seasoned guys were going, I'll put them to work with me. But in speaking with some seasons, about seasoned guys, I saw two of them, I believe it was in Brooklyn somewhere. I'll put that video on the show notes. And they're pleading with the crowd, oh, come on, come on, come on. And they had about uh, 12, 15 years on the job, begging not to hit them with water. Something, my friends, is amiss, and it's coming from City Hall. It's emanating out of the windows, that smell, that stench, and it's seeping through the halls of one police plaza. Whatever that garbage is, it has affected the mindset of cops, correctional officials in the city of New York. These people now have absolutely no, no co-jones in performing the abilities of their functions that they get highly paid for. They are lending a blind eye and a deaf ear to every situation. Why is this happening? Where is the outcry from the citizens? Besides, every feed has a bunch of citizens in the background giggling and laughing and thinking it's funny. So the question is, where's the outcry? Where's the city legislators that should be screaming to the top of their lungs, we need to pass a law now? Where are these people? I hear the union. They're screaming. But it looks bad in today's society. You got these all-white cop males full of testosterone from the PBA screaming in front of the camera. I'm, I'm all down for it. I did that for many years. But the public... They're told that white males are evil. So that's not a good start. The answer is, why did these two rookies walk away defeated? You know, when you're in the academy, you listen to every word with special attention because every word that comes out of your 
training advisor's mouth is the word of God. He'll tell you or she'll tell you things that could trip you up, make you and cast you into a 500-page memo if you're not paying attention. So knowing that details, that I, the way I know it, I can assure you they walked away because they were following specific orders. Of course, we may never know what those specific orders were. And then the other officers that had similar problems in New York, what happened to them? How come they didn't? You know what it is? You got 12, 13, 15 years on the job and somebody's going to shoot you with a water gun? Do that in 1970, see what would happen. Why? What's going on? Where is the fear coming from? Is it coming from the top? From the middle? Because it needs folks to be eradicated. Lawlessness is showing its face all over the city of New York and all over the rest of the country. Today we're trying to figure out why people are getting shot down like dogs in the street. I'll have the dog lovers after me now. And we're all wondering, why is it happening? Because you're demonstrating a lawless type of behavior towards your police officers. Thank God in the situation in Ohio, the cops came through. They took out the killer in 30 seconds. And he knocked out nine. All right, so let's start closing down the episode because there's only so much we can talk about buckets of water and the inability of the NYPD leadership to actually grow a pair in this situation. So we look at the leadership is absent. The, the officers that are out there patrolling on a daily basis are too afraid to do anything because they know that the higher-ups are going to come down on them. So it's the hands-in-the-pocket dilemma. And we see disgusting videos like we saw with uh, them dumping water on the, uh, on the police officers. So final thoughts. <clears throat> we got a bunch of final thoughts. So let's not, let's not waste any time and let's cut this, uh, this puppy into little pieces. I'm going to get the people complaining from the dog police. Oh, God. Now, without a doubt, the NYPD leadership is absent in this case. Commissioner James O'Neill, you should be ashamed of yourself. Your job is to lead and lead by example. When you see the agency struggling to come up with charges on this despicable act of throwing water on officers, on a good day, you can classify that as water. But do you know it's water? Are you absolutely sure it's water? This assumption thing is another farce. Now, there's no doubt that this some type of manifesto was transmitted out to the agency that all of a sudden has the officers with their hands in their pocket. It's also the old doubt that 
Commissioner James O'Neill and his puppets know exactly where this is coming from. When you serve a clown, you become part of the circus, and you also become a clown. The NYPD, unfortunately, has been the laughing stock of law enforcement as a result of this incident. The NYPD was one of the best departments in the United States on many, many occasions, especially after 9-11. Recently, we saw Detective Louis Alvarez uh, retired, giving his last breath to fighting for the families of and the first responders of 9-11 testifying in front of Congress. That breed of officer, detectives, and so forth are, are there, but something's holding them back. I, for one, want the NYPD to come back. And if you're listening to this, you should also demand for the largest police agency in America and one of the best to come back to that position. It's just shameful what's going on. But we also know that the head puppeteer of the city of New York, Comrade Che DeBozo, is running for president. And he has used the NYPD as his court jesters. The bottom line is, officers, you put yourself through the academy. You endured the training. You went up the ranks to serve, protect, and do many things. But one of them is not to be humiliated to death. I ask you, if you're listening, to take the heat of your union, and fight back. Get retired guys in on the act also so they can start fighting back for you. But the NYPD is well-deserved to bring that great institution back in the power of real, live police officers. Now, I don't stop short there. The New York City Corrections Department has become a force uh, many incidents that occurred with this dumping water on cops and so forth, um, several administrators over at the New York City Corrections Agency were caught up in some type of inappropriate comments on social network. Pretty much the size it up a good. I'm glad the cops finally got theirs or something similar to that. There's no need for this. We all wear the same colored uniform. Now let's take a, a moment to reflect on what's happening around us when we comes to these mass shootings in public places. Of course, the left and the media are out of control, advocating the one only thing that they can always say. You can wind your watch by it, gun control. Why do we need these uh, these weapons? Why uh, uh, are we delaying on this? 
how many more shootings do we have to endure? But they're not asking the question of why this is happening, which is very concerning. Just like a good liberal, they throw topics at you with no solutions. For example, they tell you, we need gun control, thinking that gun control would be the solution. But gun control, in actuality, punishes so many law-abiding citizens in a lawless state. So it's not the answer. I want you to focus in on this. Your job is when you're out in public to be prepared, to look at your surroundings, to make sure that you and your loved ones are safe, to know how to obtain concealment and cover, to examine as you're walking through certain areas, exit doors and so forth. Don't take them for granted anymore. Position yourself in such a way that you're always looking at everything around you. A sense of height and awareness is very important. And most important, I want you to remember that you have to fight. Your job is to protect you. There's a lot of people that say, well, that's the police's job. They're here to protect me. They're not there to protect you. They're there to serve the law. They're there to make arrests based on law. If you were to dial 911 and say, can I have my own private police officer? They'd hang up the phone on you. So they're not there to protect you, the individual. They're there to do a service, and part of that service is the application of the law. So it's important that you recognize that the responsibility of your safety is yours and no one else's. You've got to get ready for the fight. You've got to have a plan. You've got to throw that plan in a moment's notice into effect. If you're a carry concealed weapons permit holder, you've got to know that you've raised your hand based on the Second Amendment that the forefathers gave us in the Constitution, and you said, I want to be that militia. As those rounds are going off and innocent people are dying, you become part of the militia. You have to take action, or if not, just leave the gun at home. If you are active or retired in law enforcement and you have that weapon, your feet are going to take you in the direction they've took, taken you up to now in your career, towards the problem. You know how to do it. You've been well-trained, and you're going to execute perfectly. The citizenry of America is depending on you, as they always are. All, all of us are in this fight. To say that one person is responsible for maniacs killing is ludicrous. The left is constantly saying that there's a lot of reasons that the president created this. But what they don't tell you is that the shooter in Ohio is from Antifa. He's a member of Antifa. He's a wacky lefty. 
but he's a dead wacky lefty because the cops over in Ohio did a tremendous job within 30 seconds engaging and taking out the target. We need to get serious with our security measures like they do in Israel. The way we think about security, putting a 90-year-old man in a uniform with no gun, is a thing of the past. Our security industry needs to get up and get ready for the real fight because it's coming. Dumping water on police officers gives us a sense of weakness, a sense of insecurity, and a sense of chaos. It is deliberately being done by certain evil political objectives of the left to institute fear and disrespect in law enforcement. No, it's just not a simple case of a bunch of kids playing with buckets of water. It's much sinister than that. It's mostly about leaders that don't care, leaders that are insensitive, and leaders that have sold out not only their city, their police agency, but their country. We have looked at a lot of these social events that are occurring lately. Water pistol police was one of them. And a lot of people say, well, you know, sometimes you come up with these current event things and you don't really give the end-all solution because even if I give what I think is a solution, it's not going to happen. This circus is going to continue because we are struggling as a nation, one, to get along with each other, and two, to have basic, simple respect for those things that have been in place since biblical times called authority. It's a shame what's happening, folks, and it's going to get worse. August 14th. Episode 100, we will reach our 100th episode with the Tampa mob. August 21st, Cuban Mafia, that will be two parts. That is episode 101. And episode 102 will be the 28th of August, and that is Cuban Mafia Part 2. On both those episodes, we'll start with who was... uh, the godfather, let's say, of the Cuban mob and how he became to uh, assume that position, how they operated in Cuba, how they operated in America, in Florida, in New York, in New Jersey, and other locations. And so we've broken that down to two series. As I said earlier in this podcast, episode 102, we will talk about Never Forget, And we're going to uh, dedicate that episode to victims. Mostly we were going to dedicate it to police uh, officers that have died and correction officers that have died in the line of duty. We still will do that. But we're also going to uh, honor those that are dying in these massacres. And the reason for it is because The media is quick on telling you who the shooter is. 
The media is quick in trying to create the narrative, but the media forgets time after time who the victims are. They're somebody's brother, sister, son, daughter, mother, father, and it's tragic what's happening. But we have to have a different mindset in this country if we want to really start fighting back. Episode 103, September 11th, which is always a special date in our hearts, we will honor Detective Louis Alvarez. And I look forward to that episode. And then uh, 104, we should have um, Kilo Sierra back on board. We're going to start talking about some home defense, some cop uh, issues in our train-up series, which uh, we have been put to the side for a couple of months, but we're coming back stronger than ever. And your eyes look at the target in combat. And we will also have uh, uh, Mike Sierra on for that one, episode 105 and Kilo Sierra. So we encourage you to continue listening. Folks, it boils down to this. If you're in a situation that you see a police officer being disrespected, I know like many people, you don't want to get involved. But don't be one of those schmucks standing there with the camera and putting it on YouTube. Stand up. If you're not going to tell the bad guy to stop doing that, call 911, report it. Be a witness. Tell the cops, this is what I saw, the authorities. Stand up against this buffoonery as a citizen. I'm not asking you to become a thug and hold people and throw them down on the ground. But too many people are filming things, posting it on YouTube and going home. And a lot of them are disgusted with what they see. But a lot of them are not doing much to stop it either. Become a citizen. Stand up and stop the nonsense. This has been episode number 99 where we have reported on the water pistol police. We're hoping that this evil of playing around with buckets of water and throwing it in our cops is a thing of the past. And we hope that police officers will be respected in the future. When you see a police officer, thank them for their service. When you see a correctional officer in in town, don't only ask them or thank them, he or she, for their service. Get involved in a conversation and say, what do you do? What's your daily assignment look like? Become a person again. Become humanized again. And ask them. Just don't blindly say, thank you for your service. Ask them. You'd be surprised what you get. It has been my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Nation. As always, I ask you to continue to stay in prayer for yourself. Most important, you got to stay in the fight. To pray for your family. To pray for your, pray for your community. To pray for the police agencies that serve you. And most importantly, to continue to pray for our great nation, the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, out. And guide her.
Coming alive with the heart. 4323 Chestnut, 1322.